Joining me on Dirt Tracker Conversation, sprint car driver Zach Hampton. Zach, you are one of these guys, obviously I've known about you for a long time, but I feel like here within the last maybe year or two is your kind of social media stuff. I kind of seem to ramp up a little bit more. I started kind of paying more attention to you. But um, for somebody who doesn't know who you are, and, and I feel like I don't really know much about your background, talk to me about when you started racing and, and you know, what, why this was something you wanted to do. Do you have racing in your family? Like, what, you know, what does that look like? Um, so I started when I was five. Like I started in quarter midgets. Um, and I've raced my whole life. There wasn't anyone in our family um, that raced. Um, my dad, uh, he's an elect- electrical contractor now. Back then, he was still just an electrician. He did a side job for um, a guy, and his daughter raced quarter midgets. We went and checked him out one time, and then, you know, we both were kind of into it. So um, I started um, in 2004, I guess, would have been my first year. Um, I did that till probably 2010-ish. Then I ran micros for a few years and uh, got a midget when I was like not the winner before I was 14. So whatever, 2013, maybe 2014. Um, I ran that kind of probably like 20 times a year for two, three years. Um, And then when I was 17, I ran a 305 for a guy here in Indiana. And my dad was kind of over it. We traveled so much. And um, so he sold our midgets and I ended up. I won like the third race in that deal. And then, um, like two weeks later got fired. Uh, so I didn't race for probably three, four years. Really. I ran like in those, that three, four years, I ran like three midget races for Kenny Irwin. Um, and I ran like four wing 360 races. And then, uh, 2019 I bought while I was running that 360, I bought a, a roller myself off Paul, Brian Paulus. Uh, no motor, just a roller. Talked my dad into buying a 12 head for me, which was like seven grand. Um, and I went to Attica with it like three months after I bought it and it burned it down. It was a non-wing motor, burned it down. So like didn't race for three months, probably four months. And the Sunday before Knoxville Nationals, I went and bought uh, all pro from Brad Loyette. And Monday I got out of class uh, in an apprenticeship, um, put it in loaded up on an open trailer and, and Tuesday morning I left for the nationals. So the 2019 nationals was my first, really my first wing 410 race. Um, I ran like a two day all-star show at Atomic after that, that year. And then uh four crown weekend. Um, and then 2020, I ran like 20, 25 races, 2021, same, um, 22. I had Rob Hart. I, I think we almost hit 50 races. Um, but I think it was like 48, 49, um, you know, and then this past year is where I kind of got more on social media. Um, like I've always been on there, just never really posted. I'm not big with social media. Um, but I felt like, I know it's valuable. Like you kind of have to now. Um, so I'm not really good at it, but I tried to get better. Um, so, and then I think I got 39 races in, um, this past year, which I would say this past year is definitely my best year. even though there's still some struggles. Why winged racing and not non-wing racing? I mean, a kid from Indiana, you would think that non-wing and, you know, USAC and, and that would be the direction you want to go, but you end up with, with a wing on. Why did that happen? Even in micros, like we just ran wing because we ran power eye a lot and we took the wings off a couple times and like we did okay, but I just didn't enjoy it as much. Um, and then I, I have ran two non-wing uh, 410 races. Um, the first one, I was running a 360 
And that car I'd bought from Paulus, um, I had that guy's 360 motor in it. I ran Lyman Land Friday. And then Saturday morning at like, I don't know, it was probably 10, 11, because I drove back from Lima. Probably got home at like 4 a.m. I came down to wash, and Paulus was here, and had pulled the 360 out, and had just got one of his 410s back to put it in, and said we were going to Putnamville, because uh, he wanted to shake his motor down. So we went to Putnamville, and ended up running like fourth. I think we started ninth or eighth, um, and ran fourth. And then I went, we got rained out at like Jacksonville in 2021. So I showed up to Bloomington at a USAC show. Um, and Kevin Thomas Jr. gave me a front axle and like a right rear wheel and tire. So it's, that's different. Um, and we were pretty good. I think I qualified like seventh and then just got, I wasn't aggressive in the heat, just kind of let guys go and, uh, got into whatever the behind someone in the B went to the tail, was almost back to a transfer and just was running it. Like I had a wing on top, like curved up Bloomington and backed it off the back. And like when it got to the grass, it, it caught, you know, I, I, I tore it up pretty good. Um, and I don't know. I just, I, I don't enjoy it. Like, um, you know, it's more exciting to watch if, you know, like you're a fan and you like sliders and close, whatever, close racing and like constant lap after lap. Um, I'd say it's more exciting, but to drive, I just don't think it's as fun. Like, I, I feel like you do more waiting than you do like driving the car. That makes sense. I feel like like one of the reasons why I like I started following you a little bit more and, and paying attention to social media is, you know, the, the videos you would post of like, you know, you're like working by yourself in the shop. And and I feel like it, and even just talking, you know, to you for a few minutes ahead of time, you're just like the grinder, right? And and I feel like, you know, we've been we've been spending so much time lately talking about the top of sprint car racing, right? You know, high limit, outlaws, you know, who's going where, Brad Sweet, Kyle Larson, like all these guys. But I feel like the bulk of of racers are like you, right? Like they're, they're grinding it out. They're trying to figure out how to make it all work, trying to get to the racetrack every week. But why, why do you think it was important for you to show, you know, what it was that you were going through each week, you know, through some of that stuff on your social media? I think the biggest reason I started was like, I just, you know, like last year, anyone who saw my name on social media was probably not anything positive associated to it. Like, I think I had to have been the most hated sprint car driver not because i necessarily wrecked other people just like you know i I did wreck a fair amount um last year and there was a lot of times i it really i I, i'll die on the hill that a lot of them weren't my fault other than i either sucked in qualifying or made mistakes in the heat or whatever and i put myself back in positions where i'm with other guys who maybe don't have full grasp of what they're doing you know so I, i just put myself in bad situations but um, it was just, you know, like I kind of got tired of, of that. And I felt like if maybe people understood more of what I put into it, then, you know, like I don't look like, you know, just some kid with a bunch of money that's coming and tearing, tearing stuff up. Um, so that was the biggest thing. And like when I was doing that completely on my own early in the year, like I was supposed to have Rob again um, for this past season and come like March, he just kind of, you know, like wasn't, um, didn't feel like we were on the same page and whatnot. So like a week before or a week and a half before we were supposed to go to the first race, um, was when he had quit. So I was like, kind of, you know, whatever, completely in the air, um, with what I was doing. Um, and I just, I think the first six weeks, I, I just had random people come help. Like the first weekend I ran, um, Paulus came up from South Carolina and helped me. 
Um, the next weekend, my buddy who runs 360s in Louisiana came to Beaverly to help. Um, and we actually had a pretty good night. Um, and, you know, after that, like I had some buddies in Missouri. I went to the Outlaw show at Granite City and they could come to that, but they weren't going to be able to go to Hobstock. So I was like, I'll just run Friday. And then the Vermeer guys were like, hey, you know, we'll help you at the car wash, whatever. And then that kind of didn't work out. So I found a car wash I could back the trailer up to and then just unloaded and then used the, the mule to pull it back in. Uh, and Casey, uh, Kane wrecked that night at, or Friday night. So Saturday morning, I just, I just went and stayed. Um, I, I had the coders. So I just stayed in the parking lot where a lot of the outlaw teams were. Um, and one of their guys came down, Peyton Grice came down and helped me out. And then he helped me at Hobstock. Um, so it was just me and him. And I don't know, I just felt like people would appreciate that. You know, there's really only two people that I feel like um, do the social media side of it right. You know, that's Gravel and obviously Tanner Holmes is, you know, by far the best at it. Um, but, you know, I just felt like it was important to, to kind of get that out there and uh, maybe help people understand uh, me or what I was doing a little bit better. Do you think it worked? Yeah. I mean, I, honestly, other than, you know, a couple burner accounts. This year, like, there's not any really negative feedback, at least, that I saw. Um, you know, I had, I would say, four or five times the amount of people come up to the trailer, you know, buy T-shirts or talk to me or, you know, just tell me how much they appreciate it. You know, even other teams or guys at teams, you know, like, you know, would come up and just tell me, you know, how much they respected it, whatever. So, I think it did. Um Obviously, not as much as I would have liked because I'm still looking for a ride. But um, yeah, I, I definitely think it it did work, and I really, I, I probably could have still done a lot better at it. You know, I just there's only so much time or whatever trying to film and whatnot when you're actually trying to get stuff done is not always the easiest. How does like a typical week look for you where you're like by yourself? Um, and, and trying to like get to a show on a Friday or Saturday. Like, I mean, are you just working in the shop all weekend and things turned around? Like, you know, what does a typical week look like for you during the season? Yeah. So, you know, honestly, I got Ayrton Olson, who I would have never made it through the season without him. Um, but I picked him up probably like the first weekend was Let's Race 2. And the first, up until the million, all he did was come on the weekend. So, like, he would show up to the shop if I was like, hey, I need to pull it. We need to leave at nine. You know, he'd get here at nine and I was already usually loaded and whatnot. So, um, but let's say I race Friday, Saturday, you know, and it's never close for me. So I'm either getting home at 4 a.m. Sunday morning or if it was Sam at Knoxville, I'm just going to sleep and drive Sunday, leave Sunday morning. Uh, so usually Sunday, get home. If I got home at four, like I'd sleep for a few hours, get up nine, ten, wash Sunday. Um and then wipe everything down, usually, you know, clean the trailer out, like just clean it was all Sunday. Monday, usually first thing is motor maintenance. Um, uh, that way, if something's wrong, you have time, whatever to fix it. Um, and when I'm by myself, usually I would say like motor maintenance and then getting like all the bars out, you know, the torque tube off the ball. Like I kind of just tear down and start cleaning up. And then Tuesdays, like put that stuff back together. Wednesdays might be like tire work. Um, and just some more cleaning, reorganizing, getting stuff stocked back up. Um, and then I would say usually like Thursday, if I'm planning on racing Friday again, and whether I got to leave Thursday night or Friday morning, like Thursday's 
I'm probably done by like noon, one o'clock. You know, if I, if I do my stuff right, you know, like I'll go get fuel at some point, you know, fill my drums, bring them back. Um, whatever, you know, so like I'm usually done by Thursday. I like to be loaded up the day before, you know, and then like usually when I'm by myself, if the drive is more than five hours to the track, I, I would leave Thursday night at like nine o'clock, you know, I'd get two, three hours down the road or I'd just leave at seven and drive all the way there, you know, and be able to sleep in Friday, you know, wake up later and, you know, be fresher late in the night. Knowing you have limited resources, how do you decide where to race? Like, I mean, are you just trying to stay within a certain geographical area? Are you trying to hit like, okay, well, if I know if I go run here, I can maybe make the outlaw feature. If I go this way, I can, you know, I can make the MOA show. Like, how do you decide week to week where you're going to race? Uh, you know, honestly, for me, like, there's a lot of factors. I think it's, it's nice to be able to pick and choose. So number one is, is it going to rain? Right. Cause that sucks, you know, like to drive you know, say it's five hours, one direction, you know, like I'm going to burn up 500, six, you know, whatever, just in diesel. Um, so like that, that's the first thing I look at, you know, and sometimes I won't decide till Wednesday or Thursday, which direction, you know, I've got like a list, you know, here's possibilities. Um, you know, second factor is definitely, do I like that place? You know, like, um, I would say payout is important. You know, like I've obviously, you know, I think most people probably saw the stuff, um, whatever, when everyone was complaining about the Ohio stuff, I had some, whatever, you know, like Ohio's tough to race in, at least when you got to drive five, four or five hours to get there, you know, like that's just the payout's horrible. Um, you know, we ran like 11, we went like 23rd to 11th when the Tusky rained out this year. We, we knew it was going to rain Saturday. So we just went, we're heading home and we're like, you know what, let's just go to Fremont. We were like 22nd to, to 11th. And it was like 365 bucks. Um, and it's like 300 to start. So it's like just, you know, not whatever. And we burnt like three right rears, four left rears and a set of fronts off. You know, I mean, it's just horrible. So, you know, like that, those are the main ones, you know, and then I think this year I tried to, I tried to put more like IRA or MOA or a power eye, you know, I tried fast, you know, I tried to mix in some stuff where like, I can definitely, I'm a, I'm a podium car or top five at, at worst. Um, and just get like some, some more seat time where you're not like on, on the ragged edge to run 12. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're not 110%. I, I feel like in, in like talking to you and, and, you know, knowing that you are trying to do the things you're doing and seeing, you know, some of your results. I'm reminded of there's like a, you know, a saying in golf where it's like, it's, it's like a slot machine, right? Like it pays you out just enough to keep you coming back. And I'm wondering, I'm wondering if you feel that way about sprint car racing. Yeah. I, you know, like I I always joke about it, you know, like I love when, you know, anyone fans, whatever, you know, like, Oh, are you doing this full time? You know? Yes. Oh man. You you know, you're the, you're so lucky. And you are like, I, this is my dream, you know, but you know, like it, it's usually 20 bad nights, you know, for a good night, you know, unless you're one of the top guys, you know, like for everyone else, you know, it really only, you know, it only takes one, um, to, to keep you coming back for more. But, um, yeah, I don't, I I don't know that it's, I mean, it is like that for me, but it's not, you know, I've had stretches where it was 50 bad ones, you know, and not really a good one. So, um, you know, it's kind of, I don't know. You, you have to love it. Like you see so many guys in and out of the sport so quick. Um, you, you really, really 
like you have to want it um or it's just it's tough because it's it's a lot of work even for you know a, a team with three guys you know it's you're overworking overworked underpaid underappreciated um arguing you know you're you spend this that much time with the same people especially in a truck or a hotel room like you're gonna argue over the dumbest stuff so it is tough but what uh, what are those races this year that that were the ones that keep you coming back uh obviously the fast show at circle city um that's like not like other than putnam village unfortunately i didn't get to run this year um it was the closest race to home for me um and we were able to win so you know like actually having my sponsors able to come you know my parents who maybe make it to two or three races a year were there um you know that was one of them um nationals um i our results really didn't show how good we were um we kind of messed up put a new tire on for the heat on friday and that screwed us because we couldn't go out so we were on hard knocks night we're dead last after the heat races you know so like C main to B main and then like plus 12 or 13 in the B main and then like ninth to second in the D on Saturday and then 22nd to, I don't know, 11th in the C. Like we were really fast. Um, just didn't have, just screwed up on Friday. Um, that was one. And then two weeks later at championship night, like if you would have told me after the 10th time I was at Knoxville that I'd ever lead laps there, I would have told you you were crazy, you know, and, you know, we were like seventh quick, you know, fifth or sixth in the heat to like third. Um, ended up starting on the pole, led like the first 10 laps. Um, and then ran third until like lap 22 on a late, late restart, you know, but, um, that was really, really, really good. Um, honestly, every time I went to Eldora, um, was one, like I was really good at Eldora this year. The all-star race, um, uh, was one. Um, and then, you know, like there's a lot of IRA races. I think I ran, I think I ran second five times this year, which sucked. Those are the ones that keep you coming back is running second. Um, but yeah, and I, I had a lot of, you know, good, good ones this year. Um, the all-star race at Jacksonville, I, I stepped on it. Um, you know, eighth to third in the feature and just, just stepped on it. And, uh, that one sucked, but those are the nights where like, you know, you're really fast and you're good and maybe you make a mistake, whatever. Like those are the ones I think you chase the most, you know, like I think the most, like the most enjoyable part about wing racing to me is like the technicality and how difficult it is and just so many variables, um, and things that, you know, you have to do right and that have to be right for you. Um, so it's just such a challenge. How, like I, I know you're at a point right now where you're trying to figure out what you're going to do next year, and and like talk me through the like the decision making process to try to branch out and, and like knowing that you've probably reached the ceiling with your own stuff. Like how do you make that decision now to be like, all right, like I know I'm not going to go where I want to go with just running my own deal. Like I got to go somewhere else. Like how do you de- how do you make that decision? It's tough because like it's really hard to go. You know, like if the if the opportunity is not there, I just won't do it. Right, like that. You know, like, that's the hardest thing. I mean, it's, it, it's like quitting any addiction, you know, times 10. Um, so it's really tough. I just, I know anything short of basketball or something that Heights involved in, like anything I decide to do um, with my life, like I can succeed in. 
So, and, and I don't want to be someone who just is, you know, stagnant and just, um, going with the motions. Right. So I, I think to me, it's just important that I, I just don't want to, I don't want to be stuck. You know, if I'm stuck, then it's time to, you know, just, you know, move on. Like I'm, I'll be 26 in March, you know, so I'm, I'm going to get kicked off insurance, you know, whatever. Like it's time to, you know, either figure it out, um, uh, you know, or do something, uh, more productive, uh, for myself. Um, so it's definitely tough and it sucks. I hope, I hope I can make something happen. Um, but it's just kind of one of those things you've just got to be prepared to walk away if it, if it's not right. What does that look like right now? I mean, are you, are you able to bring money to a deal? Are you going to sell your stuff and use that money? Like what are owners looking for? You know, is there a certain area you're trying to race in? Like, you know, what, what does that whole process just look like right now? I, there's not a certain area. I mean, there's certain areas I'd rather race in, right? Like, honestly, I would love to spend a year at Knoxville. Um, even if it was like a Knoxville, Houston thing, central Pennsylvania is really good. Um, I mean, hell I'd move to California. So I would say like right now I'm not selling anything because it's more like what's a car owner, you know, what's somebody looking for, right? Does somebody have motors, you know, and we can use my cars. It, does somebody have cars and whatnot, but they need motors, you know, like I've got obviously a trailer, whatever, like depending on what, what someone else was, you know, bringing to a deal or what. I was bringing, right? Like would, I would say very, that would decide what I'm willing to bring or how much, um, money. I, I I'm not a fan of the, like writing a check. Um, cause I just feel like that's so messy. I mean, it's messy if you start intermixing too much things too. But like if I could find somewhere, like I'm bringing three motors, right? That's very simple. If things go South, these three motors are mine, you know, like, the engine builder can say, you know, that's his, whatever, you know, but if you write a 50,000 or a hundred thousand, whatever the check amount is and things go south in April, you know, it's just going to be a tit for tat. No, we spent this on this. No, you don't get that back. You know, like, I just feel like that gets, somebody's getting screwed. Those are the deals you always hear about somebody getting screwed. Um, so I don't know. It's more of a, you know, right now I'm just, you know, what can I bring? I mean, Obviously, I'd rather bring nothing um, if I find something, but um, I, I do have things that I can bring, um, you know, and most likely I'd, I'd have to use, you know, even if I was bringing motors, you know, like my sponsorship money, if I have to move, well, now I do have more expenses, you know, I got to pay rent, whatever. So I've used some of that money to help more or less myself get there, you know, and be there so that said team doesn't have to, you know, I, I can race for less, right? I can ask for less um, on a pay pay side of things. Do you feel like it's going to go well? <laughs> Do you have any indication right now of, of where you are? Uh, it's tough. I mean, there's, I've talked to a few people. Um, there's one that's still like, well, there's a few that aren't, you know, knows. Um, the one, one I, I really don't have a good feeling about. Um, which, you know, I don't know. I, I'm kind of surprised. Honestly, I feel like when you're looking at take the A teams out, right? All the traveling full-time teams and take all the A drivers out, you know, um, you know, as far as like a local or a regional area, like I really think even just as a driver, I should be towards the top of the list and, and I, 
can bring so much more to that than that that it's it's kind of surprising some of the guys that like I've gone after a ride even this past year, you know, and the guy who gets hired, you know, not you know like to me is not as even as good as a driver as me, let alone has you know knowledge or can bring what I could bring, you know, even money and objects aside can bring what I could bring to it to a team. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's, it's not going as well as I'd like. I would, I'd like to have my, my stuff figured out right now. Um, you know, it's just not how it's, um, unfolded. And, you know, I, I don't know, you know, like there's a million reasons car owners have the reasons and why they want this guy or that guy. And it's not always about money or talent or, or, or whatever. So, um, I know it's just, it's, it's tough and there's, there's so many drivers and, only so many cars, you know, so it's, um, it's tough, especially when there's guys like Schoenberg, you know, who I'm really good buddies with, who's, you know, not, doesn't have anything right now. Right. Like he's definitely, if I was a car owner, I'd pick him over me. Um, you know, he's got way more experience. Um, he's older. He's, he's got, you know, he's, he's probably, he's going to finish better, you know, probably eight times out of 10, et cetera. So it's just a tough, um, it's a tough market to try and be a professional anything like athlete or if you consider race car drivers athletes, which I do, uh, you know, it's just tough. What do you like? What is the process for trying to figure out or, or find rides? Like, is it, you know, are you paying attention to social media or, you know, is it, is it phone calls or text messages? Like, you know, what does that process look like of trying to just track something down? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it, call, uh, you know, like, I'll call anybody, right? Like, I mean, I, I went after rides this year that I knew weren't going to hire me. Um, but you have to, right? And, and there's a lot of people that I've met that have, you know, been around a long time that, you know, might feed you this or that or like, um, you know, Kim and all's one, you know, he knows Brian knows a lot of people and he's always been good to me. Like we're good buddies. Um, you know, so I've talked, you know, I talked to him. Hey, can you think of anyone or if you hear of anything, whatever, you know, so you just kind of put feelers out and then, you know, um, get, get whoever's number you can, car owners, et cetera, whatever. And, and honestly, I'll, I'll text or call and tell, they tell me to, you know, F off, right? Like, I mean, until you tell me no, like, if you don't reply or you're just roundabout, like, I'm going to keep texting you, you know, until you tell me not to. So, um, uh, you know, I try not to every day, right? You don't want to bug them too much, but, you know, like, you just, I don't know, you just keep sending texts. You know, eventually, you know, it might, it might just be the, you know, 15th time, you know, that you ask that they're like, man, I, sure, you know, just to get you to shut up, you know, so, um, you know, I don't know, maybe I need to find out better ways of doing it because it's not working right now, but uh, it's not been from a lack of reaching out to people. Do you think uh, the, the social media posts helps to come out and be like, hey, like, I'm just going to be honest here and I'm looking for a ride? Yeah, I mean... You know, I'm sure you could, you know, people see it both ways, but, um, I, I only see it as, I don't see how it, it should, it could hurt me, right? Like, it, this is where I'm at, you know, like, I'm, I feel like I'm the people inside, like, actually inside the racing circle, not, you know, not to, like, disclude the fans or whatever, but the people actually inside, owners, crew guys, drivers, whatever, like, they know who I am. I'm a respectful name. You know, like I've, you know, I don't screw people over. I pay them, whatever. Like I'm, I'm at least somebody. So to just 
I don't know. I, I, I feel like people would respect that I'm just open, like, hey, this is where I'm at and I need help moving forward. If anyone wants to help do that, you know, like I'm all ears. You know, I, I, I think it has to help. I mean, I, I haven't had much come of it, but I don't think it hurt. What, what is the, uh, what is the Zach Hampton sales pitch, the, uh, the elevator pitch right now? Like, wh- what are you, what are you telling owners? What, what you, what are you bringing? What does the resume look like? Just like run me through, like I'm an owner here and, and you want my ride. Uh, honestly, like I'm, I'm not good at, I would say selling myself, you know, like I, I'm not good at just blatant lies, which, you know, like I, I, most, I mean, honestly, like that most drivers are like, Oh, that guy sucks. You should hire, you know, like hire me. That's how so many guys have gotten rides, right? Like you just get in a car in his ear and like keep chirping away that they're no good. You do better, whatever. And I'm just, you know, like I'm, I'm not that guy, you know, like I, I know where I'm at, you know, and maybe I think of myself a little bit higher than, you know, other people, but, um, you know, I don't know. I, 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 I know given the opportunity to run somewhere that has good equipment, you know, even a, a mediocre crew chief, you know, somewhere where I can, I can mostly focus on the driving part. Um, I, I know I can compete. I know I got bashed. In like February or March, I did turn to Terrible's podcast and I said, you know, like honestly, like if I came out to Central PA just with my stuff, I'm a top ten car. And you put me in one of the the decent cars, you know, like I'm I'm a eight times out of ten, I'm a top five car. You know, like because they, they do have good guys, but I think it's you know overplayed. I think they have five really good guys, you know, and they get split amongst the track, you know, and then I. I think you saw a lot less winners this year because the handicap was going away a little bit. Like that was a big reason you got so many different winners all those years. And they do have the biggest pool of like good drivers, you know, but I think, I think racing at those tracks every week for five years doesn't correlate um, or mean the same as like someone who's ran every racetrack I go to is a new racetrack almost. You know, I race everywhere. I race with the All-Stars. I race with the Outlaws. So I just have more experience against not only better drivers, but, you know, like more of them, you know, not just the same. So I, I don't know. I think I, you know, <coughs> adapt better or have, you know, maybe better practices. Um, but I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm not, I'm not great at selling myself. Um, I should be better. I need to be better, you know, for this line of work, but, um, I just never really, never really been good at that. I always just felt like if I was good enough, you know, like I would get a ride or, you know, any, within, even if it's not racing anything, right? Like if, if you're good enough at it, you know, you should get, get it on merit. You know, I shouldn't have to explain why I'm better than this guy or that guy. Uh, I, I would hope I just could, you know, had proven that. Like, what is worst case scenario at this point? Like, is it, you know, if you don't get picked up, are you prepared to run your stuff again? Are you not prepared to run your stuff again? Like, can you, like, did you do this profitably this last season? Like, can you do it profitably in the future? Like, how oh, do you look at all of that? No, it's definitely not profitable. Um, you know, like, I, I would say 75% of um, the money spent is family money. And we just, the car doesn't earn, you know, it, when you're not running top five at 
the crown jewels, your no team is profitable. You know, other than the shark team, and maybe probably not even gravels team. You know, like really aren't. I don't know. There's there's not very many that are are profitable other than, you know, the Kane and Stewart because they're getting you know and Brown. You know, if you're getting a million and a half in sponsorship, yeah, you're going to be profitable. But I would say for the most part, you know, like outside of those top teams, they're not profitable. You know, like even Rudin, right? Because he just funds it all himself. Like that's not a profitable race team. You know, they've made a lot of they, the car earned a lot of money this year, but not even close to enough. So. Um, I don't know. I mean, um, there's the Maverick deal coming to Indy and, um, there's some other races in Indy. I absolutely hate living in Indy and not going to a wing race that's in Indiana. I feel like I have to support those events. So, um, you know, if it's possible, I, I will go run one of those, um, or some of them. Um, I just, you know, I, I, I kind of got to see how, how things fold out, unfold and, um, you know, what I, what I want to do, um, you know, what my parents are thinking. I think, I think the economy is probably not quite as good as people think it is. Um, I, I know it's, you know, going south just off, you know, my dad's business and what he's told me, you know, like jobs are getting hard to get. So, um, I think it's lasted longer than, most people expected the good or whatever, the inflated good, the bubble. Um, but I think that's going to play a big factor into what a, a lot of people are doing. You did a video uh, on your Twitter account here not that long ago, which I called the Zach Campton podcast, uh, where you kind of talked about all of the high limit outlaw stuff that's going on. And, and you know, now that we're kind of even a little further, like what, what are your overall thoughts on it? Like, do you think this is good for sprint car racing? Like, you know, obviously we can't predict the future, but, but where do you maybe think this is going and how do you feel about all of it? I think it's really good. Um, you know, like they're doing a lot of things that, um, are the same, but you know, they're just, I guess being more flexible, whatever, you know, like, and I think competition's good. Um, like that's pretty much what America is built on, you know? So, um, you know, I think that aspect of it's good. I think once kind of whatever there's, I don't know if there is bad blood. I feel like there has to be, you know, obviously behind the scenes, there's fighting over regions or tracks or whatever. Um, I think once that kind of blows over and things mellow out, it'll be so much better even for the race fans. Um, in the sense of like, they'll have more options throughout the year to go see a premier, to see these premier drivers race. Um, so I think that's really good. I think you're going to get a bigger variety, you know, like I think you see a lot of states and tracks that weren't on a touring series or like there's great tracks I've never even heard of, um, that are on these schedules. So, um, I think that's really good. I think it's going to branch out a lot. I think it gives people options. It forces both of them to kind of, you know, up the purses, up their toe, their, you know, whatever, all the things they're doing um, to get teams um, and keep teams. It, it, it bumps that up. So I think it's, I think it's good. I think there's going to be a transition period that maybe some places struggle or, you know, like one of them struggles, whatever, you know, like there's going to be some downsides to it in the beginning. But I think, you know, three years from now, it'll be great. 
Do you think, like, you know, if, if you were one of these full-time teams right now and, and you're trying to figure out which side you're going to go, you know, do you like the freedom on the high limit side and, and some of the stuff they've offered? You know, do you want to be a full-time outlaw driver if that was, you know, something, you know, do, do you not mind the bigger schedule and some of that stuff? Like, you know, where would you fall right now? If, if someone called me today, said, hey, I'll give you a million and a half to go run next year, choose whatever, I'm going out, I'd go outlaws, A, because... High limit didn't exist when I was 12 years old, like watching all the out races. Like I always wanted to be an outlaw, right? Like that was always the dream. So that would be reason number one. And two, now that I've seen who's on each schedule, I don't know why you even, why go high limit racing? Like you've got twice as many and just as good of cars, you know? So um, out, you get, and the whole freedom thing, you get freedom, but like you kind of don't if you're running the, the schedule, right? Like you still have to be there for the points or it doesn't make sense. So, um, you know, other than you get to go run the crown jewels, but as an outlaw, you already get to run the crown jewels other than the Tusky. So, I mean, I definitely get, you know, outlaw teams wanting to be able to go run whenever they want to run and yada, yada. Um, I, I understand that, but I'm shocked they even got their four races. Like if I was, World Racing Group, I wouldn't have even given them four uh, because it's the whole brand is built on exclusivity. So um, I don't know, but I would definitely go Outlaws. I, I love the High Limit deal. I like what they're doing. Um, I think it's great. Um, but they're kind of the same pay. You know, they're going to have the same format pretty much, um, which I do think is the best format, paid inverts. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I think they're actually pretty similar other than with high limit, you could go run 10 extra races rather than four so that you can hit all the crown jewels, which the outlaw guys are already going to be at. I, that's one thing I, I I feel like I've kind of learned here in the last kind of few months in, in like talking to drivers and seeing drivers interviewed and definitely seems to me like there's like a disconnect between what the drivers and the teams think and what the fan base thinks. And like even like hearing Gio Selzy talk about you know the outlaws and the exclusivity stuff and how he was like i thought four races was great for us to be able to go run outside of it and everybody you know you hear the fans talk about it and it's like the, the worst thing in the world that they can only go run four races but it's like do you think that the schedules are too long i feel like that's like something else we've heard through a lot of this is that it's like oh i want to go run high limit so i can run less races but it's like after rainouts and stuff you're only going to run 70 shows with the outlaws anyway um, you know, if you go run, you know, the 60 race high limit schedule, they're going to run 50. So then you're going to go tack on 10 or 12 shows anyway. I just like, does, is, is the size of the season matter? I, I, I just, those are things that I just, I can't seem to kind of make heads or tails of. You know, like if we're t in a world where money is no issue, right? Like I'd run 170, you know, like I, I get that some guys don't want to, you know, but like you don't have to, um, you know, like the guys who are, it's kind of crazy because it's flip flopped, right? Like the outlaw schedule used to be like 90 scheduled or a hundred something scheduled. And, and then everyone was like, Oh, we don't want to race this much. We never get to see our family. So they started knocking it down, knocking it down, knocking it down. Now all of a sudden, no, we don't get to race enough. You won't let us race. You know? So I don't, I don't really, I don't know. I don't get it. Right. Like you've got, Oh, we're racing too much, but then, well, you won't let, we want to go race and we can't because you guys won't let us race more than four races. So I, Honestly, I don't know. Um, you know, like you talk about my podcast or whatever, and I think it comes down to like nine times out of 10, uh, racers are going to find something to 
to bitch and moan about. Um, you know, so if it's 90 races, oh, this is too many, too many. If it's 60, this isn't enough, you know, and there's no Goldilocks zone, you know, 75, there would just be another problem. Um, so I don't know. That's how I see it. Um, you know, if you don't want to race 80 times a year, don't race 80 times a year. Um, you, you don't have to. Yeah. So, like, what are we looking at here for you now coming up in the coming weeks? Like, you know, are you going to try to get stuff together? You know, are you still just beating the pavement and the phones trying to figure something out? Like, what is your next, you know, obviously, once we get past the holidays and stuff and we're, you know, we're into the first of the year, like, you know, what does your next couple of months look like? Uh, so, I've been doing some stuff with Sternberg. Um, he bought a dry ice blast machine. So, he started, um, we're doing, like, underbellies of old like, classic vehicles, mostly trucks, whatever. Um, and it takes off all the like undercoating they put on. Um, and it kind of sucks. Like it's dirty and it takes like eight, 10 hours to do a truck. But, um, that's what I've been doing for some money, um, to, to eat and whatnot. And then just picking up odd jobs here and there. Like if my dad's got somebody who needs some side electrical work done, I was in the apprenticeship for like three and a half years. So, um, I can do, I can do a fair amount of electrical work. So I do some of that, whatever for money. And then. You know, I've kind of been tinkering on my stuff um, here and there. Um, I'm going to, no matter what, like I'm going to have a car or two built um, like I would for any other season. By the time March comes around, uh, my stuff would be ready to race if I wanted to race it or, um, you know, I find somebody with money that wants me to race it, whatever. Um, so I would say, you know, the next few weeks, like I'm going to Schoenberg tomorrow, we're doing another truck. Um, and then uh, I'm going to do some more as he, you know, gets more guys who want their trucks done um and uh just do some odd jobs work on my stuff you know keep trying to talk to people and then uh, i'm going to chili bowl uh so i'll leave whatever the saturday the load-in day i'll leave that morning um and i'm just gonna i am selling my toter it's um it's getting a few things fixed up right now and then i'm gonna sell it so um i'm gonna list it hopefully i can find somebody that wants to buy it that's going to chili bowl because i'm gonna drive it down and just stay in it um, to save myself some money and then hopefully I can just get a rental to come home if somebody buys it, um, down there. Um, and then after Chili Bowl, I would say after Chili Bowl, like if I don't have something really in the works, um, you know, I'm going to look at doing something different, whether that's be, go be, you know, work for another team. Like obviously I can, you know, as far as working on a sprint car, getting a team up and down the road, there's, I've done it with my own team. Um, so there's, there's nothing I'm incapable of. Um, so I think I'd even be a good, you know, crew guy, um, either do that or, you know, Hunter's trying to talk me into buying a dry ice machine myself and us do some more with that, maybe bid some industrial stuff, whatever. So, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know exactly what I'm going to do. Um, if, if racing doesn't, um, isn't going to work out, but I know, you know, there's lots of things I can choose from. You know, and I, I think I can be successful at just about anything, shy um, of being an NBA player, um, if I want to. <laughs> what uh, What are you doing for Chili Bowl? Who are you driving for there? Uh, driving for Mark Birch, the Team Jack Foundation car. Um, so I know Don Droud Jr. is in the other one. Um, and then I can't remember who's in the third car. Honestly, I haven't paid probably as much attention um, as I have or should have been. Um, but I know I'm going down there Saturday with my seat, um, and supposed to put it in. So, um, I know, uh, Nicole Signer, I don't know how to pronounce her last name, but out of Pennsylvania, she's doing some press release stuff. Um, so people can be expecting that to come out. I know I filled out some forms and, and 
Don did. Um, so they're doing some stuff there. Um, so that'll be cool. I'm, I'm excited. I haven't, I think the last time I ran Chili Bowl was 2016, maybe. Um, I've only ran it two years. I ran it when I was 16 and 17. Um, so I'm excited. Um, you know, I'm not going to go try to light the midget world on fire. Um, have some fun, rip as good a lap as I can, stay out of the massive amount of wrecks there'll be, um, you know, and just have a good time and enjoy a week of racing when I would normally be up here in the snow in Indiana. Well, Zach Hampton, I will let you go. I certainly appreciate the time today. If somebody wants to buy a Zach Hampton t-shirt like I have worn on The Daily Show, where can they get one? Uh, three, five. I would just go to my Twitter because I don't know the whole okay. URL. Um, but it's on my Twitter, which is Zach underscore Hampton 35. Um, okay. It's on there. I think it might even be linked to like my Instagram, my Facebook, which is Zach Hampton on Facebook, Zach.Hampton on Instagram. I think it's linked on all of those. Um, but yeah, it's a Shopify page. I just, it's kind of a long URL. Are you going to have stuff at the Chili Bowl if people want to buy shirts? I am going to take some stuff. Um, pro- I probably won't take everything in case I have to get a rental car and come back. Um, but I'm going to at least take a tub, probably, you know, I don't know, a dozen of each size. Um, so I will have stuff there. I don't know where I can put it. I'll have some at the trailer. I would say I'll have a small tote at the trailer and then just keep the rest out, um, in the toter and bring it in as I need. But, um, yeah, I'll have, I'll have my 2023 shirts, um, my koozies, uh, I'll have my hero cards with me, um, stuff like that. Um, I might take some wing boards. I've got, I don't know, six or seven like top wing sideboards over the last, from the last two, three years, um, that I really need to get rid of. Um, so I might take some, some stuff like that as well. Right. Uh, I'll well, definitely have some. If people come see you, tell them Dirt Tracker sent you and I will. I'll, we'll, I'll we'll try, try to, we'll try to help you sell some stuff. Yeah, I'll try to get them. I'll get them a two for one on a Dirt Tracker shirt or something. <laughs> All right, dude. Well, thank you for the time today and I uh, appreciate you coming on and having a chat with me. Yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs>